and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show on Business Radio X, where you can listen to smart dialogue about diversity, leadership, and behavior in the workplace and beyond. We're broadcasting live from the Gwinnett Business Radio X studio off Satellite Boulevard in Duluth, Georgia. I am joined by executive producer, Mr. Mike Salmon, and producers Trey Odom and Lee Wells. I am your host, Dr. Dion Wright-Polton, and on today's show, the question is, veterans and athletes, workplace pillars with common skills? We're going to be asking you a couple questions um, as we go along. One question would be, what skills do athletes and veterans possess? Why should HR representatives and hiring managers value candidates who are former athletes and veterans? I'm, I'm actually joined by three wonderful men, and they will have an opportunity to, to introduce themselves. One is uh, Mr. Lex R. Brown II. He's a former athlete and veteran of the U.S. Air Force and Operation Iraqi Freedom, and he's now an entrepreneur. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Mr. Sam Douglas is a former standout basketball player turned corporate executive and also an entrepreneur and basketball coach. Thanks for coming. Good morning. How's everybody out there today? Last but not least, we're joined by Mr. Sean Rainey. He is head basketball coach at a high school that he'll, I'm sure he'll share. He's a former athlete and a retired police detective with the New York City Police Department. Yes. Good morning, Dr. Dion. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. So let's get into this. I'm, I'm going to actually, before we, I ask you some questions, I'm going to just um, share some statistics because uh, you're probably thinking athletes and veterans, why are we talking about this? Well, athletes and veterans actually both face stigmas in our society. So for athletes, um, they're considered dumb jocks. Um, people accuse them of having um, degrees in, in basket weaving. Uh, they don't go to class. Um, they're just handed the degrees if they have, if they have skills. And, and just considered not smart. And I um, actually take personal offense to this as an athlete myself. I actually earned my, my first degree as a, a NCAA uh, Division I athlete in track and field at Rice University. And um, it's also very interesting that when I tell people I have a PhD and then I, and I also share that I was a former athlete, there's, there's this like confusion. <laughs> How can I be a former athlete and have a, have a doctorate? Likewise, for veterans, there are also stigmas attached to them. There's always the 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 the, the, think, the thinking that they are they all suffer from PTSD, uh, that they're quick to anger, they're hard to manage, and that um, that they suffer and and they they bring chaos to the workplace. So we're going to discuss those issues today, and we're going to challenge these stereotypes. So I'm going to ask the question to you, Lex, just to kind of bring the two um, um, demographics together. I'm talking about veterans and the athletes. Okay. Um, what are the what are the similarities between athletics and the military? in terms of the structure, the skill, uh, development, leadership? I think there's actually uh, a lot of uh, similarities, but I'll just uh, share a few. Uh, number one, the uh, sense of camaraderie. I think when you're playing on a team as an athlete and uh, when you're out in the field uh, in the military, you, you get really close to your teammates. Uh, you have to learn to depend on each other. Uh, so there's a sense of camaraderie that naturally uh, builds up uh, as both an athlete uh, and uh, a veteran. Also, there's the structure and the discipline. Um, and then those built-in challenges that help to uh, forge what I like to call the warrior mindset. So whether a person has been an athlete all their life or a veteran or both, either one, it forges that warrior mindset, that uh, ability to uh, work through challenges and problems and get over hurdles. Teamwork. That's the key. Yeah, same thing like with the police department. It's a paramilitary organization. Mm -hmm. And the teamwork is what helps. Because as an athlete, you know, if we all do our job, we'll succeed. And that's the same thing with like in the police department. You got to work with somebody. You may not like the person. They might have things, but you have to work together. And I think sports helps you with that because you do deal with all different type of people, all different races, all different people who have different skills, especially in the sport basketball. Some people are good rebounders, but they're not good scorers. 
Some people are good passes, but they're not good scorers. Other people just scoring. But if we all work together to get one goal, we can accomplish it. And that's what sports helps you with, as far as I'm concerned, teamwork. It allows them to be very committed to a goal. The commitment level is today got to be very serious because even in the military, their commitment is to make sure that everybody's on one accord. And in sport, the commitment is the same, same way. And that draws with young people. If you are committed, they will be committed. Definitely. And one thing I'll add too that I that I that I, I like about that is is when you are forced to be committed and and work towards a goal, a, a team goal, whether it's in sports or in military, when you get into the workplace, you have that same mindset that's mm-hmm. that's that 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 will enable you to to follow your leaders for sure, and to and to and to support the mission of of your CEO or whoever's trying to, or your, even your manager, um, your supervisor, and so you have that level of commitment that that you're used to actually demonstrating before you even get into the workplace. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. It, it, and like you said, it helps you because it doesn't matter who's better than who; it's the goal that's what's important. It doesn't matter that you're the manager and I'm the employee. We have a goal. Let's just get to that goal, and sports helps you with that. And then what do you think about, there are times where I'm sure you've all seen this, where unfortunately, even though you're all on the same team, some people actually, they're looking after self. There's no I in team. Sure. That's a, it's a cliche, but it's actually true. Mm-hmm. How, how do you navigate that? How do you, as, as, as athletes, as veterans, as police officers, how, did you, how do you manage that? Well, I basically, uh, I'll adjust the, the, the kid's attitude because the attitude is, how did he get that way? There's a lot of times you got to look at where he come from, from his home background. Is his home background all about them or is it all about uh, being in a situation where he's very selfish or is he unselfish? And a lot of times I, I evaluate the parents. I look at the parents and the kids and they selfish, then the kid's going to be the same way. If they very unselfish, the kid is actually going to be very unselfish as his attitude. And that's how I channel and determine how do I gear this kid the right way? Yeah, and um, sometimes, um, I'm sorry, can you rephrase that question that you asked? <laughs> I apologize. I, I, I drew a blank because I was about to oh, take sorry. it. Somebody so, on so the team. How do, how do you... Right, yes, somebody on the team that's someone, acting selfish. Yes, okay, yes, so right. whether you're dealing with an athlete or you're dealing with a veteran, right, um, a lot of people have that mindset, what's in it for me? Yes. Um, even, even in the military, even in the field, in a dangerous situation, there's somebody that's going to be just looking out for self. Um, so with those type of people, especially in a serious situation, sometimes you just have to make the us relevant to <coughs> I, right? So basically, you know, you have to figure out a way to communicate. And I think that's where that um, skill comes into play, communication. You know, okay, you're out for yourself. Well, because you're looking out for yourself, this is how helping the this team is, is going to benefit you, mm-hmm. right? So what's in it for me? I think that's something that has to be addressed. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that because in no way – are we trying to uh, compare being in the military or being in policing where you're sacrificing your lives potentially to playing a sport? That the emphasis here is just looking at the intangible skills that um, people develop in terms of athletics and in terms of veterans. So, right. so um, and by the way, thank you for your service no and problem. also your service as well. Thank you. Thank you. So you, so you touched upon parenting, and um, which is a very tricky thing because your parents have a pretty good 
hold on who you are and how you get socialized and, and what you believe and, and, and how you conduct yourselves. So in, and so in that respect, how do you develop leaders? How do you develop a, 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 an athlete or, or encourage a, an employee who has that mindset where, you know what, I'm going to just give up. It's too tough. I'm going to I'm going to just you know, I, I'm not going to continue because how do you how do you how do you actually help that person and motivate that person? Well, you you look at the benefits of what that person draw, even from a corporate standpoint, what's in it for them. And what you try to do is to motivate that individual to see the values, what they have in their self, as well as a corporation standpoint. And what I do is actually with young people, I see the values in a young person, pretty much motivate that individual to actually know how much they have value to society, which is very important, and draw their confidence level and their motivation level to get where they need to get to. You go okay. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to talk about the same thing with the training in basketball. That's what we try to do to them. We try to make sure they understand. See, when you explain something to a kid, like I tell coaches, when you're teaching something, you tell a kid, well, do it this way. But you have to tell them also why they're doing that. And most kids, if you show them something that, they're doing and how it will benefit them. Like I tell coaches, they'll run through a brick wall for you. If Because a true athlete when knows that you're giving them something that's going to help them get to their goal, they're willing to do anything for that. And sometimes they may want to give up. They're like, oh, it's too hard. But when you explain to them, it may be hard now. Like, like Eva will tell you, <laughs> I always say, you'll thank me later. Mm. You're going to thank me later because it may be hard now, but in the end, when you succeed, you're going to say, hey, I see coach. Like I have a couple of girls that's gone on to college. Like I have one right now. She's a fifth year senior getting a master's degree. And that's the thing she says, you know, coach, when I got to college, I was ready. I was prepared. Like, you know, and that's the key. You know, when you have athletes doing, I mean, for me, that's, that's the gift. You know, and I, I've had another one graduate last year. She's an assistant coach now. She's getting her master's degree. Another one graduated this year from Lincoln Memorial. That's the key to when you start young, and, you, and I've seen them, like they were ready to crack, but they stayed with it, accomplished their goal, and now this is what the success is. So you don't want them to give up early, because I mean, especially when you're young, you have a, you have a whole lifetime. Don't give up. Just, right. just go, fight through it, and see what you get from out of this. And that's what's important. Yeah. And I think sometimes you just have to uh, share those stories of failure that uh, ended up resulting in success later. Because um, then you can relate to that person, especially if you're coaching up a young athlete or in, in the military sense, if you're bringing up a young troop uh, from basic training on through, you know, there's guys that that want to quit that will literally try to walk away. And all you have to do, you have to pull those people aside, even a, a military training instructor, as hard as they have to be in those training situations, they'll uh, they'll they'll take that cap off. And, and just for a second. You know, they'll come down to to a more personable level to relate to that person, to share their struggle and and share what the benefits have been for them in that sport or in that uh, in that service, in that uniform. So uh, that allows that person sort of a, a mental break for a second just to rethink what they're doing and then to recommit to what they're doing. This is the Dr. Dion show where you will hear smart dialogue about diversity, leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond. We're speaking with Mr. Lex Brown, Mr. Sam Douglas, and Mr. Sean Rainey. So let's talk about the HR HR um, leaders and managers considering uh, veterans and athletes as potential candidates. Uh, before uh, I ask you a question, I'm going to share some stats. 
So this is actually on the U.S. Department of Labor, Labor website. They shared a qualitative study that was conducted in uh, April 2013. This is, this, is, this is tying into eradicating the, the stereotypes and the stigmas. It was revealed that 70% of veterans interviewed reported having experienced an easy transition, an easy transition from military into the civilian workplace. And that's a pretty high number. And, and people would probably think it's actually lower. Would you, would, would you agree with that? Or? I would think it's high. I mean, it was like uh, Les was talking about. It's that discipline. It's that discipline and teamwork. It's easy for you to go into an organization and help them because you understand that, once again, it's about the goal. It's not about me. We, it's a team. So when you're interviewing, if somebody's interviewing a veteran, like Les said, they've been in the military. They've done this. They have to understand that, hey, I'm a soldier. I get up every morning. I do my job. I go home. And it's no problem for them. Yep. And I would say two philosophies kind of in, in no matter what service branch somebody's in uh, regarding the military, even the police. Uh, I know two mottos. Uh, one is adapt and overcome. So that lends to that, that mm. high number. Uh, no matter what the situation is, you have to adapt. You have to overcome. And then mm. uh, in some instances, and I know some people might not like the way this, this saying is, but it, it's a shut up in color. Right. Military people learn how to shut up in color sometimes, uh, even if you want to make changes, if you want to make recommendations of how things should be done, uh, you might it might not be the right time. So but you can come in immediately, make a contribution, um, just shut up in color now. And then later you can uh, propose those changes in ways to do after you prove yourself uh, valuable. So. The corporate realize with the military, they get in two elements. One, the person's discipline. The second thing that he's a he's in leadership. That's crucial because when things gets rough, they know that a veteran's going to stick with it. They're not going to run. No training in the military. We have our doubts. Okay, <laughs> great. And so, in addition to that. An interesting stat is that more than 80% of military occupations have a direct civilian job equivalent. 80%. You want to you want to touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I'm I'm also speaking from a perspective of being a, uh, a hiring manager myself uh, with different telecommunications companies. Uh, I I do tend to look for other veterans and athletes as well. Um, and one of the main reasons. Like you said, that 80 percent uh, has a direct correlation. Um, and a lot of times that gets uh, lost in translation until the veteran learns how to communicate what they've actually done in the military hmm. to uh, a civilian hiring manager who's, who doesn't have any experience relating to those terms, those acronyms, those different things that show up on the resume in the, in the beginning. But, yeah, um, you, you can look at the military set up just like corporations, especially just speaking from the Air Force perspective in general. You know, you've got contracting, you've got human resources, you've got accounting, you've got uh, information technology um, on down the line. There's so many jobs, help desk, you know, every every the military has to be self-sufficient and has to run just like every organization outside of the military. So uh, it's easy to translate. And uh, in terms of athletics. I'm going to share some other some other stats. So um, in February 2016, there was a study conducted uh, by the NCAA in conjunction with the Gallup. And it was concluded after interviewing 1,600 former athletes, student athletes, uh, who graduated between 1970 and, and 2014. So I'm actually in that at that time range. They looked at that the 
the accomplishments and, and, and the progress of student athletes versus non-student athletes. And this is what the results showed. In essence, they said that the college athletes were flourishing in, in four areas. Number one, NCAA student athletes did better than non-athletes in four areas, which are social well-being, physical well-being, community engagement, and goal achievement. And in the fifth category, financial well-being, the two groups were actually pretty much the same. So that means that definitely that there are there are, are are benefits to also doing athletics and and how they can be translated into 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 the into the workplace. And another study I'll share too is in, it looked at girls as a demographic. And it actually was revealed that female high school athletes get better grades and graduate and graduate at higher rates than girls who do not participate in sports. So that means that they're outnumbering their male counterparts and the non the non athletic counterparts, which is which is very fascinating statistic. Girls get it. They understand that in order for me to play sports, in order for me to go college and play sports, I must have the grades. So that automatically makes them to me better than non athletes because once again, we gotta get to this goal. And part of getting to that goal is to having that average and having the grades to get into college, get a scholarship and to play. And as far as the physically fit part, you already know that that's part of athlete. You have to be physically fit. Hard work, sweat, and tears. This is what it's about. So when they when they get at into the workplace, when they when they graduate, they've already like I, I give give you an example with my daughter. Like I told somebody the other day, her, her her schedule is seven days a week. Monday is basketball practice. Tuesday is softball practice. Wednesday is speed and agility. Thursday back to basketball practice. Friday softball. They play softball on Saturday. Speed and agility again on Sunday. And she's in the gifted program. She's a straight A student. So like I tell everybody, she's an eighth grader. High school and college is not going to be. She's used to that. She's used to this is the discipline. She's doing the speed and agility. I keep my body in shape. She's getting her grades. I have to be an athlete. And, and the word for the NCAA is student athlete. Mm-hmm. And they understand that. Student first, athlete second. But the thing about the athlete, they understand I have to be in shape. I have to be disciplined. And it's hard work. It's not going to come easy. Anything. A dream is work. You're dreaming for something, you have to work at it. You're not going to get it. Nobody's giving you anything. And that's what I think, not, not nothing bad about the non-athletes, because, you know, you can go to school and be intelligent and everything like that, but that teamwork and that, that discipline is something different. That's hard. You understand what I mean? That, that's the hard part of it, because you have to maintain those grades. You have to be in shape. You have to practice. If you don't, you're not going to succeed. You're going to be average and average really doesn't get the scholarship average gets you hey i used to play good job <laughs> that's just how i look at that absolutely and, and and when you are forced to balance your academics with athletics when you are younger i actually started i got serious about track and field when i was probably 12 and i trained all the way through and exactly. so by the time i got to 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 rice university i was I was fine. I was, um, I was, I left home. I was in Texas. My parents were in Toronto. My fa- I was on my own, but I'd already had the discipline instilled exactly. in me. So when I got there, I didn't flop. And unfortunately, uh, even from the perspective of actually teaching in, in universities, as I've done, I can tell students who have had, who have had um, the opportunity to balance <laughs> and yes. to make decisions for themselves. And I can tell the ones that, that are just, they're, they're just like fish out of water. I remember giving an assignment and this student, uh, and I gave clear directions. She came back four times and said, oh, is this okay? Is this okay? Um, oh, is this, am I going the right direction? And clearly she was not given 
or afforded the opportunity to think for herself and to yes. really, really just kind of just rely on her 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 her, her own self confidence and 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 be intrinsically motivated. She needed constant um, um, pushing. And and I'm not trying to be critical, but I think. I think parents do a disservice to their children when they don't put them in something, whether it's athletics, whether it's it's playing an instrument, whether it's um, a, a, adopting another language. It's it's teaching a child to be multifaceted. Yeah. Because when you get into college, or even the workplace, you're not always be able to just be have a, have a have a, a single minded mindset. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to diversify. And I've seen it over and over again where people actually kind of crumble when they when they're forced to do three or four different things. Yes, they yes. lack interpersonal skills playing a sport allow you to be more social you you able to communicate with all different races you able to effectively know when to say and when not to say things it, it draws your inner man to be really in that what's going on in your environment and a lot of times when you don't have those skills, then your interpersonal skills really doesn't really show. And it shows on the court if a person, first time ever played, never played a sport, and he's at 14 years old, now you want to put him in a sport. You be like saying, okay, let's see what happens. Now we got to teach this kid social, physical, and spiritual skills. All in six weeks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle work. Miracle work. That's my word. That's what I say all the time. And some, every some time we see that, for miracles. Yeah, every time you see that, it's always the last session of Just Skills. We get those kids. And now you want to put them in a sport. And I call it the miracle session. It's funny you just said that. Where I tell Sam all the time, the parent comes up to me, Coach, you think he's going to make the team? And I just tell him, I'm just a man. I don't do miracles. Right. You know, this is, it's hard work. You have to take time. You know, you can't come to last session and say, well, in, in eight weeks, he needs to make a team. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works. You have to put the time in. You have to invest. And some people don't. And, and getting back to what you said about the parents, I have a young man now. He's going, he's going to college. He came down to Morehouse from New York, a friend of mine's son. And he calls me and he says, I messed up all the laundry because he's never done his laundry. He's never had to buy his own food. He's never had to do all of these things. And he's sitting there like, I'm just so hungry. I said, well, what time's the cafeteria close? He says, six o'clock. Well, you have to get there before six o'clock. You know, your mother's not going to call you and remind you to go there before six o'clock. Right. And like you were saying, Dr. Dion, that's a disservice. Like I told her, I'm like, you never let him learn to feed himself and wash his clothes. And he's in college. It's hard now. He thought he's just going to come here, go to class and everything's fine. No, this is life now. Your mother's in New York. You're in Georgia. You have to learn to wash your clothes, feed yourself, and do things. And it's funny. He's learning now, now that he's in college. And luckily, I live here, so I can help him. But imagine if he didn't have any family here. It'd be rough on him. But And just chiming in on on, you you hit something key there, too, the time. Because you asked him, like, what time does the the dining facility close? And you to 6 o'clock. Athletes. And, and veterans, of course, too, but speaking more specifically to athletes, they're, they're all used to uh, meeting a deadline, management. right? Even mm-hmm. on, on the court or on the field, you know, you got your two-minute drills, you got uh, your quarters, you, your half times, all these different things. Everything's broken up into phases, and you have to understand, you know, even to the detail of, you know, if you're the point guard and you have the ball, you know, you have to be watching that shot clock. Exactly. You have to manage mm-hmm. time for the whole team. So uh, 
that sport just benefits on time management as well. So would you agree? Actually, I'm, I'm going to out myself because I go crazy <laughs> if I don't meet a deadline. Yes, yes. If I'm told you have to have something delivered by 5 p.m. on this day, you will get it. at the, If I have to be up to 3 o'clock in the morning, you yeah. will get it. Yeah. Are, do you identify with that or am I just crazy? Oh, no. Absolutely. No. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, and like you said, in the military and the police department, there's always deadlines. If you make an arrest, you have 72 hours to get the paperwork done and produce that defendant. If you don't, they're going free. You can't mess up. You mess something up, they go free. So you have to dot your I's and cross your T's and you have time, You have a deadline to get it done. And if you don't get that done, that's on you. You know, you, you don't do your job correctly. Could be life or death. You know what I mean? So in sports, I'm pretty sure you see it when we're practicing. I tell the kids all the time, we're on a water break, not a coffee break. <laughs> You're going to go get you a, a mouthful of water and get back out here. You're not going to go boil no water, put no cream and sugar in there and all of that. No, we don't have time for that. Right. And they may think, my daughter told me, she said, Daddy, they call you the drill sergeant. It's not the drill sergeant. It's just, it's the discipline yeah. and get back out here. And if one person gets in trouble, we all get in trouble. But that's that mindset that they're developing that it's time management. And it's not just for me. It's for us. You know, it's not one person in trouble. We're all in trouble. Get back here and do your job. And yeah. if I can just chime in, just you've referenced twice. So uh, Coach Sam and uh, Coach Sean are actually coaches of my my youngest daughter, Eva Poulton. She's 10. And uh, that's why you're here, because I love your leadership styles. I love the way that you nurture the kids. You push them not to it's not it's not obnoxious, but you but you but you 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 let them see another level and you, and you and you facilitate their growth, uh, both as athletes and spiritually. And uh, I just. That's why I love having you guys here. So I, I, I'm, I'm, it's my honor that I've known you for three years and uh, my daughter will continue with you. And and people people listening, I'm going to do a shameless plug. You want to check out Just Skills of Atlanta. They are phenomenal. And my daughter has phenomenal skills, not because I'm their mother. I'm, I'm sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's, 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 mm-hmm. she's developed some really great skills yes. through your leadership. So thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. And, ju- and just as a former athlete, too, because, you know, every athlete remembers those coaches. Um, and then in, in the military, you remember the, the, that that one or two drill sergeants that made that impact on you the most. And uh, I think something key you hit on, that group consequence, right? That helps to progressively get rid of that I, I, me, me, me. Because, you know, again, if one person messes up, everybody's doing push-ups, everybody's running uh, suicides, you know, baseline to baseline, whatever. Everybody has to do it. So you have to look out for your your fellow uh, man or woman, girl or boy, you know, whatever team you're on. And it's just, it becomes intrinsic. It becomes a quality that you have to look out for everybody. Yeah, you have that in you. And I'm pretty sure that helped you in the military. Absolutely. When you come from school, when I went to the police department, it helped me because the academy was nothing for me. That's normal. Yeah. It's a us concept. But you also see those people that, like you said, non-athletes who didn't know that concept. Yeah. But as an athlete, you know, listen, if one gets in trouble, we all get in trouble. You're not shaking your head like, oh, I can't believe. You know, that's the concept. Yeah. We can't come here as a team and the coach say, oh, only you do push-ups. Like I tell my girls that I coach, if I tell one of the players to do push-ups, I better see the rest of the team get down. Even if I tell you you don't have to do push-ups, normally what you do is you get down and do them anyway. You show me that, no, that's my teammate. She does push-ups, we all do push-ups. And that's just how it works. Like you said earlier, if you keep that mindset from young, by the time you get to the corporate world, it's, it's nothing. You get it. You get it. You understand. It's very simple. Um, It's a very simple principle because 
what I want to thank is this guy, Booker Nimmons, where we grew up at. He had a concept when we was in New York, showing we grew up together, that if one player didn't show up on time, you go find him. And when you find him, the consequences, we didn't know. But he made sure that we stuck together. God rest his soul. But he instilled values in us that no one can take away. His determination, self-discipline, and love. Because without love of your own fellow man, you nothing. Just the way Sean said, he's the youngest. I have to love him more than I love myself. And knowing that me and his brother is the same age, because three days, there's, I'm the youngest, there's older than me. I gotta, I gotta watch out for Sean no matter what, today. We may be older, but I'm responsible for Sean's well-being, That's no matter how concept. you look at it. Same concept. Mm -hmm. Same concept. So you're also, what you're also touching on is loyalty. Yes. Which is, which is huge. And um, just to kind of bring into the workplace, Sometimes um, you encounter people who, again, put me first and they're not they don't show loyalty to um, their supervisor's vision, um, the, 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 um, the rules of their department. Uh, they just go off on their own and, 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 and they get a direct. I had this happen a few weeks ago. I'm not going to explain where I was, but I, I witnessed uh, a leader tell the subordinate to do X, Y and Z. And the subordinate just decided I'm going to do my own thing. And you have to follow directions. And when you become the leader one day, then maybe you can call the shots as to what you said, Lex. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to just be quiet and just yeah. follow the lead. Even yeah. if you don't agree with it, if you learn that discipline and that loyalty, then 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 you're gonna you're gonna do well because yeah. nobody wants to hire or, or or retain an employee who just kind of goes rogue and decides that they're gonna just do their own thing despite clear directives. Absolutely. And I just find that it's disruptive and I think it's disrespectful to be honest. Yes. To yes. See that. yes. We see that a lot as right now I'm seeing it a lot more because of the simple fact that the, the situation that's taking place in corporate America is, it's all about, let me get mine. I ain't worrying about nobody else. And we have to regroup the structure of corporate America, how they deal with people on that level too. So it's some things that we really have to not steal in our kids, but we got to show kids that, hey, if you have a goal, if you believe what you do, you can get there, but just don't go down that road. Yeah. And I, I want to flip the coin a little bit too, from, from even what I said earlier, because in the military, you do absolutely have to know to uh, shut up in color sometimes, but there is also the other side of the coin where you're looking out for your supervisor, your leader, um, your NCO in the military, uh, commander, whoever it is, um, if they make a bad decision uh, in public or in as, as a group, you kind of nod and go with it. But then you, you need to go and pull that person to the side and have that conversation like, you know, hey, I don't want to disrespect you, but, you know, I think that it should go this way and have that conversation and not be afraid of that conversation so that the the group benefits versus uh everybody going down that path and the consequences being you know negative um and also uh if somebody's given um unjust orders or um 
I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but I know in the Uniform Code of Military Justice, if somebody gives you unlawful, unlawful order, order, the same thing mm-hmm. with the with the police, yeah. right? You're, it's, it's your duty to disobey. Yeah, not to uh, follow. But you still have to do it respectfully. You still have to do it with purpose. You got to know why, and and it has to be communicated. So there are very rare situations where you should go against what's being told, but you have to do it still in a disciplined manner, and that's something you get through sports and also the military and policing as well. I remember learning this quote to agree publicly, disagree privately. And and some people don't grasp that. And 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 I don't do public humiliation. Mm-hmm. I think it's the worst thing you can do to somebody. And whether they're doesn't matter what age they are, what rank they are, what they do, I mean, people have to show respect for other people. Mm-hmm. And um, there are ways to to address things. As you said, as you said, Lex. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Definitely, it's like parenting, like like me and my wife. Like I always say, in front of the kids, you're a united front. Now, we get later on in our room, we'll talk about what we thought was good or bad about what we did. But in front of the kids, you're a united front. My wife tells my kids to do something. You gonna they can't come to me and say, "Hey, can I do?" No, whatever your mother said, that's what you're gonna do. Even if I don't agree with it, in front of them, I agree with it. Me and you will talk later. I'll give you my, what I think. And that's how you work. You don't you don't go in front of the kids and, oh well, okay, let them. no, it's a united front. That's how it has to look. Mm-hmm. Like you just saying, unless you're in the military, in the police department, you may not like what they're doing, but that's something that's discussed later. That's you you can give your opinion later on that. But this is what's going on. They say, hey, you got to show up here and do this. I mean, I used to work New Year's Eve. I hated it. I didn't want to be out there in the cold, standing there. But guess what? You got to be out there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> You're watching, are you watching? You're listening to the Dr. Dion Show, and I'm joined by Mr. Lex R. Brown, Mr. Sam Douglas, and Mr. Sean Rainey. Uh, I wanted to just um, shift gears and just talk about diversity. You you also kind of touched on that already in terms of uh, racial diversity. Um, there's language. There's there's national nationality. There's there's age. There's it, it, it exists in, in 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 athletics and also the military. And I actually um, shared in my book. It's not always racist, but sometimes it is. I was I'm always remarked I'm always um happy to see in particular the NFL um inaugurations um isn't that's the word I'm looking for induction ceremony sorry the coach and so I it's always great to see the speeches and then how you see these grown men standing up there and they start crying and they they start recounting their whole athletic um um experience and background and they're embracing cross-culturally they're, they're, and, and racially, they're, they're people don't look like them and they're calling them brothers and, and there's just this love. And likewise, I'm sure you can speak to this, Lex, that I'm, I'm sure that in, in the military, you're also forced to be with the people who don't look like you. And and my thinking is, and I, and I think that's also why I'm able to kind of um, smoothly move into different areas because I had that experience competing nationally, internationally, and just my parents were raised me in a certain way as well. But, but ultimately, I think athletes and 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 veterans when they get into the workplace they can serve as change agents they can serve as as people that can that can facilitate diversity because they've had that experience of just of of looking beyond the stereotypes and the biases and say you know what i like this person i love this person i know this person despite how they look anybody want to speak to that athletes and veterans alike uh, are just natural champions of diversity right because you know as mentioned a few times earlier you, you have to play or uh, serve in the field or whatever the scenario is with people who don't look like you, with people who are coming from different backgrounds, uh, different geography, uh, different parental situations at home, uh, economic 
there's all there's so many different things that can separate people but uh, you should always look for the point to relate and that's something that i see uh, as an athlete and a vet i naturally look for right how can i relate to this person um also uh you know a lot of times championing diversity seems like a marketing campaign for especially in the corporate world right but for vets and for athletes uh, it's not that it's a it's a lifestyle it's a vital condition for a culture to thrive because um, if you don't learn how to embrace diversity it could become very uh, detrimental to your goals um, it could just it, it could tear a team down right so yeah champion champ being champions of diversity is natural for athletes and veterans yeah, and as far as the athlete goes, you got to remember, like we were talking about earlier with the suicides and the push-ups, you've gone through that with each other. You've been, you've, you've, you've been through that pain. You've been through the pain of loss. You've been through the, uh, the excitement of winning. And you experience that with each other all the time. And like you said, all different races. And as far as the police department goes, same thing. I've worked with females, female Hispanic, female black. I worked with male Jewish, Jewish partner. Italian partner, Irish partner, and the same thing. Your, your life is on the line out there every day. So you have to learn to get along because if you don't get along, this could be a problem. But what happens is as you go through the years, I mean, 20 years of working with people, you understand that we may not be the same color. We may not be the same religion and things like that, but we've been through the same thing. When you hurt, I hurt. You, and and that, that right there will get a bond that I mean, if people know who my best friend in the police money, of course they would assume, oh, it's another black officer. No, it's not. It's an Italian officer. And he calls me all the time. We speak all the time. We learn to get along. You understand? I, I, I'm born and raised in New York City in the projects in New York City. He's born and raised in, you may not know, you know Staten Island. It's more like out of the city. So there were things he didn't understand about the inner city that I understand that I taught him. There were things he taught me about dealing with Italian people and, and, and different races. We learn together. And when you do that, it's a bond that happens that can never be broken because we've been through dangerous situations and we've just been through calm situations. We were just talking. I know about his kids. He knows about my kids. We learn to get along. And what's funny is, like you're saying, both of us were athletes. So it was, it was an easy transition. Five years later, we're the best friends in the world. Then we retired. We're still friends. And we're going to always be friends. Like people would never believe that, that, you know, when I go to New York, he's like, oh, you got to come. You know, I know everything about him. But that's where that sports comes in, where, like you said, we learn to get along with different races, different cultures, because if you don't, you won't succeed. So you have to get that. Some people never get it. But if you're a real athlete and you're going to go through it, you get it. That we're going to succeed. And it doesn't matter. Like you said, when you see the NFL, they're talking about white coaches, black coaches women, different things. I mean, they're always going to thank their mom and their wife and things like that because they were there. They went through it with you. And if people go through that with you, that's a bond that can't be broken. That 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 That's the beauty of it all to me. Yeah, that makes me want to shout out my battle buddy, uh, Natsuki Hama. <laughs> He's a, a Japanese-American guy. You know, exactly. just that, sh that same shared experience. We both had a uh, prior military experience. Uh, I came from the Air Force. He came from the Navy. Uh, we both uh, went into the Army National Guard at the same time. He's coming from a different branch exactly. than I am. But, you know, hey, we both were NCOs, you know. Oh, we're both from Atlanta, you know. So there's there's those common things, even though we look different. We're coming from a different place, but we still had those related experiences. And, you know, he's deployed right now, but uh, we still talk just the same as what you just mentioned. So I just I wanted to throw that out there, too. Yeah. That's why we teach the, um, the young people at Just Skills. <clears throat> 
excuse me, that it's very important that you get to know that person that's next to you on the court because what you establish here at Just Skills is going to be a, a long-lasting relationship. And if you continue to do that consistent with young people, they will realize that it's not about them. There's more about other people with different races and different cultures, different spiritualities. They, they will tend to appreciate it later on in life, which we don't actually see, but they will actually know. Definitely. And that's a but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how that experience, like he was talking earlier about Booker when we played softball and sports growing up in the projects in New York City. He he instilled that in us young, that one for all and all for one. And then when we went off and played high school ball and then you go to college and then you become a grown man, you go to your job and like now I'm doing just skills. It's all the same thing. It's just a complete circle. Mm-hmm. It's just you're taking that and giving it right back to those kids. You're giving back what you got. And like you said, now that I have my first set of girls graduating from college, it feels good to get that card come to my graduation. It feels good. Hey, coach, I'm graduating. I'm, one's getting married. I'm going to get married. It's like this is what it's all about. It's not about money. It's not about fame and fortune. It's about the bond. And that bond never goes away. And we try to talk to them kids. Just skills is like a family. Yeah, we train. We go hard and stuff like that. But if you look at our, especially our young coaches, it's people that came in through our system. They want to come back. They want to give back to those kids. And that's the beauty of it all. Like, no matter what happens, we're going to grow old and leave here. But that'll still be in there. Like you said, they'll be talking about that later on. Man, we were in Just Skills and this one used to cry. Or we didn't want to do this. That's what it's about. That's the bond that will never be broken. I mean, that that's the beauty of sports to me. And, and just in the context of a workplace, even if you have not had experience in, in the military or, or um, in athletics, there's still an opportunity to create a bond with somebody. Yes. If you meet somebody, doesn't matter how they look, you've got two things in common automatically. You both work in the same place and you both came from a woman. Yes. yes. Start with that. Yes. And I think if you just speak to each other for, give yourself two minutes, you, I guarantee you, guarantee you, you will find something in common with somebody. And 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 how we look on the outside should not be um, a, um, um, a, a deterrent to trying to reach out to somebody else because you have no idea what gifts other people have and just how much your life can be enriched by just learning from different people and and meeting different people. Yes, I believe that wholeheartedly. Mm. So we're coming to the end of the show and I wanted to close by asking you one question. In one word, what is the one quality that you have learned wearing a uniform? Whether it's an athletic uniform, a military uniform, or a police uniform. Teamwork. Teamwork. That's basically it. Me, commitment. Commitment and with that slash passion. I'll throw in uh, resilience. I think that uh, from sports, from the military, just resilience. Well, I appreciate your uh, conversation. It's been very, very uh, enlightening and insightful. And uh, before we go, I just wanted to um, each of you to kind of share how people can get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you for your businesses and actually share a little more if 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 you wish. I take, uh, you can reach us from uh, Just Skills of Atlanta from www.justskillsofatlanta.com. You, we able, you can go on to Google a quicker way and we will actually um, pop up that way for us, justskillsofatlanta.com. You can reach us by 770-296-2580 as well as our, uh, as our phone number. And for me, uh, you can reach me on Twitter at LexR. 
Brown. That's L-E-X-R-B-R-O-W-N. Uh, also, I have three different websites to share with you. Uh, solutionsbylex.com. That's my main website. Um, if you if you need resumes, if you if you want to do some career enhancements, uh, we can talk. Uh, also, have a a cleaning and maintenance business that I employ other veterans through. It's called Brave City Military Maintenance Professionals. Uh, so you can go to www.bravecity.co. Uh, that's a local business here in the greater Atlanta area. So uh, if you also own a business, you can, we can talk as well. Last thing, Vets Who Code. Um, a, another battle buddy of mine, Jerome Hardaway. Uh, we co-founded a program together called Vet Who Code. We're teaching other veterans how to program um, and become software developers and web developers. So if you want to learn more about that, www.vetswhocode.io. Thank you for having us, uh, Dr. Thank Dion. You. My pleasure. And before I provide my information, I wanted just to give two um, resources to our listeners. And uh, one is on the U.S. Department of Education, uh, Education of Labor's um, website. Uh, and it actually gives you advice as an employer um, to actually uh, hire veterans and what you need to do and what resources are available. And um, and also give you tips on if if you want to establish uh, um, some kind of program to start um, and and bring in on um, veterans, and also on uh, the NCAA also has a a program called After the Game Career Center, and so um, and and it's a partnership between the student athletes and employers, and it, it matches the two together, which is which are two wonderful resources that I think are great, and that could definitely um, help facilitate this this um this discussion and and this mission of 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 um, honoring our veterans and our athletes okay. so thanks so much for watching so i keep saying watching for joining us <laughs> on the dr dion show i apologize where you can listen to smart dialogue about diversity leadership and behavior in the workplace and beyond our show airs live on the second friday of each month at 10 a.m but you can listen to any of our shows anytime by visiting gwinnettbusinessradiox.com again uh, we are broadcasting live from the gwinnett business radio x studio in duluth georgia and you can find me on on Facebook, uh, my uh, company website is Poulton Consulting Group. Also on Twitter, at Dr. Dion Poulton. On LinkedIn, at Dr. Dion Poulton. And my phone number is 404-323-3842. And I'm welcome. I'm happy to um, welcome any phone calls and um, any um, uh, just feedback. I, I'm, I'm always open to it. And um, my tagline, again, is expand your circle and your mind. Let people in. Thank you for joining us.